Welcome to Lies and Alibis. I'm Maggie. And I'm Cam. Today we are talking about the mysterious disappearance of 18-year-old Belgian backpacker Theo Hayes. When Theo vanishes in Australia, leaving behind nothing but a very erratic digital trail, it leads the search for him to an idyllic little beach town in Australia. A missing tourist, a celebrity town, a search like no other. Let's get going. Byron Bay is a beachside town on Australia's most easterly mainland point, frequently in the spotlight for its famous residents. There's surfing, festivals, and tons of activities that attract people from all over the world. Now, it is the backdrop of one of the most curious cases I've ever followed. This is the story of Theo Hayes. Theo Hayes was a level-headed young man enjoying a six-month backpacking holiday in Australia. He traveled across the country. His trip began on November 12, 2018 when he landed in Australia in Melbourne, where he was welcomed by his godfather, Jean Felipe Pector, a.k.a. JP for short. He stays with JP, JP's wife, and his children at their home in the Ottaways for a little bit more than a month. After this stay, around mid-December, Theo stays in Melbourne. He returns to the Ottaways for a few days to celebrate Christmas with JP and his family. Then he goes to Sydney to meet with his cousin Lisa Hayes for New Year. During January, he and Lisa both work at the Australian Open. Around the end of the month, he starts some farm work in Shepparton. He ends the month in Melbourne before heading off to Tasmania. In March of 2019, Theo made road trips around Alice Springs, from Alice Springs to Darwin, to Litchfield, to Kakadu, and he ends the month leaving for Carnes. Theo works for a family near Carnes until mid-April. Then he travels to the Great Barrier Reef, and in May, Theo travels down the East Coast, visits the Whit Sundays, which is like a yacht. He goes to Agnes Water for surfing, Fraser Island, Rainbow Beach, and Noosa for some more surfing. On May 25th, Theo visits his cousins, Lisa Hayes and Michael Dorkum in Brisbane. He has dinner with them and stays overnight. The next day, he takes a bus to the Gold Coast. On Wednesday, May 29th, Theo takes a bus to Byron Bay and checks into the Wake Up Hostel at 2.30 p.m. That Friday, May 31st, in the early evening, Theo and a new friend from his hostel catch the hostel shuffle bus into town to buy some alcohol for a barbecue that night. They catch an Uber back to the hostel about 7.45 p.m. after the barbecue at the hostel. The backpackers decide to go to Cheeky Monkey's, a local bar. They walk there, arriving at 9.35 p.m. The travelers then become separated in the bar, and eventually, Theo actually gets asked to leave the bar about 11 p.m. with police and bouncers, whatever, saying the reason given by the bar was, quote, approaching. Not that he was too drunk to be in there, but he was approaching intoxication. So, that's a new one for me. This found Theo all by himself. An inquest was later heard about the entire event that night, and several backpackers who were with Theo on the night of his disappearance said that he was not showing signs of being drunk at all. CCTV footage of him in and around the nightclub was pretty inconclusive as to saying whether or not he appeared drunk. When security staff from the venue gave evidence about their decision, Theo's father, Laurent, actually stormed out of the court because of whatever they did. Now, was it just the fact that 
they had kicked him out and it put him in the situation that he's in now? Is that what made his dad so angry? Well, at first they said, you know, he's approaching intoxication. We should kick him out. But things seemed to change with the security guard who actually kicked Theo out saying it's possible he wasn't drunk at all. Shannon Mackey said on the fourth day of this inquest I've been talking about that he removed 18-year-old Theo from the bar. He decided that intoxication was approaching. Head of security Bradley King issued a police statement that Theo spoke slurred and was unsteady on his feet. However, during the inquest on Thursday, he admitted that he may have been mistaken and even thought of one of the other 15 evictions that night. So what happened to Theo after he was booted from the club? So Theo starts walking away from Cheeky Monkeys. Just over a minute later, he stops on Kingsley Street for a minute and enters the address of his hostel into Google Maps. He then continues walking in the opposite way of his hostel for 4 minutes and 40 seconds at an average speed of just over 7 kilometers per hour. Now, why would he do that? I know that the GPS, especially when you're walking... It takes a minute to figure out where you are and what direction, but what caused him to walk the other way? Do we know? I'm going to take that as not a jab into that one time I got us lost walking using Google Maps. So, um, that's <laughs> to Theo, folks. So, I don't really know why he would do this. According to his cousin Lisa, Theo was an excellent navigator with Google Maps. It was common for them to enter directions into Google Maps and use the map to navigate by zooming in and out without changing the directions as well. At the end of Tennyson Street, near the edge of the bushlands that surround the Byron Youth Activity Center, Theo then stops for almost seven minutes. The place where he stops, though, is not really, like, something you should stop for. It's a place with cricket nets and a concrete slab. That's it. And Google data shows Theo's phone was within three meters of the spot. Was he still alone at this point? Or is there any way to know if he was? De Gea's family have repeatedly said they don't believe Theo was alone after he left Cheeky Monkeys. Belgian authorities were able to use technology called geofencing to check for other phones in the same area at the same time. They ran searches on five key locations, including the cricket nets near Byron Bay Youth Center, where digital data does show he spent a significant amount of time for such a mundane place. No other phones were detected, though, but the court was told the technique did not work for Apple phones. So if somebody that was with Theo had an iPhone, we would not know. So there's still a possibility he could have been with someone. Lisa Hayes told the inquest that she had walked the secluded path Theo followed and was convinced that he would never have embarked on a trek through the dense bushland alone, especially at night. By the time 11.20 p.m. rolls around, we're left assuming that the movements of Theo's phone correlate with the movements Theo was making. He leaves the concrete slab behind at the end of Tennyson Street and crosses to the other side of the sports field winding his way through the suburban streets to Massinger Street. According to the Google data, he walked this section at almost 6 kilometers per hour and checked Google Maps a couple of times on the way. The map always had the way back to his hostel pulled up on it. From Massinger Street, Theo heads 
through more suburban streets until he reaches Milne Street, where suburbia ends and there's a clearing looking out over Arkwall National Park to the ocean and to the lighthouse. From here, Theo does not take Milne Track, which leads straight to Tallow Beach, but instead he heads onto a separate bush track heading north, going an average speed of seven and a half kilometers an hour, which is pretty much jogging through difficult terrain. Theo was going fast through the national parks in pitch black darkness. He stops again and looks at the itinerary to his hostel on Google Maps. Again, he heads in the opposite direction, heading right further into the bushland. Theo reaches Tallow Beach by 11.48 p.m., exiting the bush via a tiny path. So, he didn't take the straight path from Milne Track. Instead, he chose to go through the dense, dark bushland and exit by a little piggy path trail. Right near this exit, though, is a campsite. He looks again on his Google Maps at the itinerary to his hostel. He then walks to a place called Cozy Corner at the northern end of Tallow Beach at an average speed of just under 6 kilometers per hour. Just before midnight, Theo leaves the beach at Cozy Corner and goes into the bush towards a steep hill with thick bushland and lantana. Surrounded by a tangle of vines and shielded from the outside world, Theo stops for five and a half minutes. He then takes less than two minutes to go back down to the beach. Time has now rolled into the next day. On Saturday, June 1st, just five minutes after midnight, Google's timeline GPS tracking of Theo ends. According to Google, at this time, Theo was at Cozy Corner. We are next able to track him around 12.25 a.m. when he sends a message about the band U2 via messenger on his phone to a friend. Just three minutes later, Theo watches a couple of minutes of the start of a French comedy video called Burger Quiz on YouTube. Then, at 12.55 a.m., Theo sends a WhatsApp message to his stepsister in Belgium. It was a reply to an earlier message from Emma, and it had a kiss emoji with one word in French. Merci. Theo's last known usage of his WhatsApp messenger would be one minute after sending the message to his sister. At 1.42 a.m., the last signal from his mobile phone would ping in the Cape Byron vicinity. Do you know what happened to his phone since he went missing? Theo's phone has never been found, but his family managed to gain access to his Google account, which provided the, you know, digital data trail we just talked through. And... His phone actually stopped receiving data from Telestra phone towers, either because it was suddenly out of range or because it was switched off and put into, like, flight mode. But at 618, the phone started receiving data again, meaning, you know, it didn't go into the water because the manufacturer of the phone even confirmed it wouldn't receive data if it was submerged. So the handset remained in roughly the same area until its battery presumably ran out but it has never been found. On Monday, June 3rd, Theo was due to check out of his hostel and take the Greyhound bus to Sydney, but he did not do so. By June 6th, Theo's mom sends a message to Lisa Hayes and JP, concerned because Theo has not responded to her messages and has fallen silent online for six days. Lisa can't reach Theo on his phone either. She calls the Greyhound buses and finds out that he did not take the trip to Sydney that he had booked earlier. Lisa posts on the backpackers group missing information with photos of Theo. JP finds out that Theo's last transactions were at Cheeky Monkeys in Byron Bay. 
and that he paid for accommodation at the wake-up hostel. Lisa calls the hostel and finds out that he didn't check out Monday the 3rd of June and that his belongings, including his passport, had been left at the hostel. Hostel and the family report him missing at this point. On Saturday, June 8th, a local volunteer search begins in Byron Bay, organized by Theo's cousins Lisa and Michael via Facebook. Also, from the 8th to the 9th, Westpac Lifesaver Rescue Helicopter conducts a coastal search for Theo. Followed by a June 9th police search, a major land, sea, and air search in the Byron Bay area with the assistance of rescue officers, the State Emergency Service, a Westpac Lifesaver helicopter, and Lifesavers, Michael, Lisa, and JP then check the main street towards the hostel to identify all of the CCTV footage that has a view of the street. The next day on the 10th, locals and other backpackers join in the search for Theo. SES searches the Arkawa National Park from Tallow Beach Car Park along the main sand track and Milne track to the beach. On June 11th, SES crews, the Dog Squad, lifeguards, local volunteers, and police continue to search Byron Bay headlands east and north of the town, as well as the beaches and swamps. Theo's parents then make the trip out to Australia as well towards the end of June. Divers even join the search. With all those being said, do they suspect foul play? The officer in charge of the investigation, Detective Senior Constable Philip Parker, said it could be possible Theo was abducted, but police hadn't found any information to that regard yet. He also said there was nothing that had come to light during the investigation to suggest there was any form of foul play or homicide involved, at this point at least. Now, that is interesting. Why do they think an abduction is a possibility? So, a lot of travelers have actually gone missing from Byron Bay. There was speculation that he wandered off to a doof party after he was kicked out of that Byron Bay nightclub. But the crucial question is why Theo went down to Tallow Beach, which was nowhere near his hostel, when all other evidence indicated he was an experienced and competent navigator. One theory went that he could hear, you know, the sound of the ocean and was moving towards it. Another was that he had somebody to guide him. And a third thought was that he was trying to avoid someone or something. Hence, you know, him picking up pace through the dense, dark bushland, a place you wouldn't normally run. But if he was frightened, he didn't communicate that to anybody in the messages he sent. You know, the WhatsApp messages and the messages about the band U2. So I can definitely understand, you know, trying to move fast if you're walking through dense forest or something, I usually let my imagination get the best of me. And I think I start hearing stuff or seeing stuff. So I'm going to get out of there as quick as I can. But being someone that is an avid backpacker, shoot, you would think that they would know better than to go through that dense brush or forest or whatever it may be, unless they're extremely familiar with it. Um, if you're trying to hide from somebody, maybe you would do that. But Personally, I wouldn't go so far into it that I couldn't get myself out. Was he using a dating app or somebody to meet somebody? No, actually, the use of Grindr, I don't know why they didn't check like Tinder or anything, but specifically Grindr has also been suggested, but we know Theo didn't have that app or anything like that app on his phone, and he also had a girlfriend back home. Had they looked into a possible suicide? 
Yeah, but that was ruled out super early on. You know, whether Theo encountered anybody else that night is one of the major mysteries. And they actually held the inquest to explore that because everybody was so dead against the possibility of a suicide. Nobody thought it was actually something worth looking into, even police. Another thing that this inquest will explore is how he came to be on Posey Corner Beach in the dark. After getting tossed out of the club, his subsequent decisions would be hard to believe if investigators didn't have Google data obtained by his family. It just doesn't make any sense. Theo walked in the opposite direction of the route outlined by his Google Maps for seven minutes, stopping at some cricket nets. He then took a dark track through bushland towards the ocean and appears to be walking quickly or running. I mean, I sent you the picture I have of his movements that doesn't really make sense it makes even less sense when you see the pictures of the area yeah and it's like he's doing this it's like literally a zigzag mm-hmm. he's trying to ditch someone get someone off his trail would he zigzag yeah if he was trying to run from somebody i would go into that dense area you know with all this being said it makes me wonder if the bar that he went to was not in on it if it was some sort of abduction uh, because suicide was taken out there's no possibility for that if somebody and this is all movie type stuff but somebody goes in and they say okay well i want that one right there whoever is in on it whether it's the the bartenders or the owners or the bouncers or whatever it may be i want that one okay so i'm gonna kick this kid out and you're gonna follow him and you're gonna pick him up I almost wonder how feasible that thought is, and it kind of sucks, because that really, I mean, that's what you see in movies, and if this is happening now, in this day and age, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, and honestly, Theo's movement patterns support your theory, honestly. I mean, if you look at them, and we'll post them on our website and blog, you know, TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff, and if you don't know the handles, we'll put them in at the end of the show, but... If you look at these patterns, especially the patterns where it shows the pictures of the places, one, those aren't places you would get to easily. Two, there's nothing to draw you to these places. Like, there's literally nothing. And three, his pattern, he goes from Cheeky Monkeys up, back down, up, back down, back up. So, I don't know, you know, much about this stuff, but I know if you're trying to move from getting hit by something like a shot or you know anything like that you're going to be a moving target because a moving target is harder to hit looking at this literal zigzag pattern it makes me wonder if he was trying to confuse someone get someone off of his trail you know become someone that is hard to follow which would explain the trip into the dense bushland that really doesn't make sense in any other normal situation I think you're absolutely right. If somebody's following you and you're trying to get away from them, really, I wouldn't want to go into a forest, but I've never been put in that situation where I have to run from somebody in fear of my life, not saying he was or he wasn't. But the the zigzag patterns like you're talking about, yeah, that's exactly what you would want to do. You would try to change the direction of what way you're going so it's it's harder to find you. I really wonder if that is a feasible option or a feasible theory. I feel like it definitely could be. The next thing we know is Theo's phone stopped receiving data at 1.02 a.m. 
the morning he vanished or, you know, the morning after because the morning led into night. And mysteriously, though, re-enters reception at 6.17 a.m., but only for a few hours. And after that, it has never been found. At the urging of locals and police, coroner Teresa O'Sullivan walked the Milne track one night last year. And police even noted it would be strange for a foreigner to walk the frightening and spooky track alone at night, giving rise to the theory that Theo was with someone, whether by choice or not. He turned off of the track into steep, dense bushland, ending up on the beach. He was at Cozy Corner when he appeared to have turned off his location services, presumably to save battery around midnight. Police think the key to figuring out what happened to Theo is by figuring out what happened when his phone stopped receiving data. After he disappeared, Lisa Hayes and others walked from the Cheeky Monkeys along the route outlined by Google Maps, said to have been taken by Theo, they went along the dark track, at night even. But even with others and torches, it was scary, and there was no way that Lisa thought her cousin would have gone through the dense bushland alone. Digital data analyzed by experts suggests that 18-year-old Theo Hayes met with foul play at the hands of one or more people in the early hours of June 1st, 2019. Added to their investigation was an extraordinary lead that actually came from the Hayes family's website, the website they set up to receive informational tips from the public. An anonymous tip came in, and it suggested Theo had fallen victim to local drug dealers whose motive may have been theft or worse. Misadventure or foul play? It would seem, from our investigation, the odds are in favor of Theo being in the company of someone else the night he vanished without a trace. Only the police have the power to further follow the digital leads and investigators said they should be checking mobile carriers to see who else was in the area at the same time as Theo. It's information that could actually help find him. New clues suggest Theo met up with a mysterious local who knew Byron Bay's, shall we say, darker places and may have lured him to his death. The clues also suggest he may have met with foul play at the hand of one or more people connected with the drug trade in notorious northern New South Wales town of Nimbin. The new turn in the Theo Hayes case was aired on the Channel 9 program under investigation in Australia. Special investigator Ken Gamble told the program there was a suggestion that Theo's belongings were actually taken from Byron Bay's Tallow Beach and dumped in an abandoned home in Nibbin, 70 kilometers away. Now, how did this come up? A tipster claimed to have overheard a conversation at a pub in which a patron said a teenage Belgian backpacker was dead and buried in thick bushland south of Byron. Quickly, the tipster realized the conversation they were overhearing was in fact becoming an interrogation by two female patrons on another male patron. All the anonymous tipster could hear was one of the girls saying, where is he then? You lot are a bunch of dogs if you don't tell anyone where he is. The tip led to an amazing discovery, though, linking the Hayes case with the death of a similarly named Thea Little, who was 42 years old. Okay, so how were the two cases linked? When police went to search this abandoned house for Theo, they ended up finding items that were then connected to Thea. Her skeletal remains were eventually found nearby at a secluded campsite in Bushlands off of Tallow Beach Road, wait for it, last July. 
Google Maps data showed Theo Hayes had also gone on to Cozy Corner at Tallow Beach. Thea was last seen in the Mooball area between Byron Bay and Tweed Heads in October of 2019, but she was not reported missing until January. She was a homeless microbiologist who led a transient lifestyle before her disappearance and ultimate death. A few months later, a ball cap similar to the one Theo was wearing on the night he vanished, a gray puma hat, was found in the bushland near Tallow Beach, and it was believed to be Theo's hat because the wear and tear on it was similar to the one that Theo always wore. Tallow Beach was a reputed hangout for meth and heroin junkies, sparking speculation that Theo may have met his fate there. A private detective told the Australian he had identified 20 persons of interest and added, quote, these are the kind of people Theo could have run into if he met with foul play. They're people who have violent histories and mental health issues and that are homeless or a mix in those circles. They hang out at Tallow Beach and use drugs like ice and heroin. Police, however, are still said to believe that Theo most likely slipped on rocks at Cape Byron Lighthouse and fell into the sea where he was swept away and drowned. But that doesn't explain the body one person claimed to have seen. A body? Was it Theo's? Okay, so it all began with an Australian journalist who was investigating the disappearance and was approached by a potential witness who claimed to have seen a body that resembled Theo's lying by the side of the road just two days after he disappeared. Journalist David Murray has followed the case since it began. He has published the results of his investigations on a website, which now features a video in which a woman, beauty therapist Lisa Holm, described driving on the outskirts of Coffs Harbor, some 240 kilometers from where Theo was last seen at Byron Bay in New South Wales. Suddenly, she saw a man, aged around 30 years, by the side of the road in the pitch black of the night, gesturing at her to stop. Beside the man, lying on the ground, apparently lifeless, was another man who resembled the description of missing backpacker Theo Hayes. The woman did stop, but got a little spooked, and, you know, hey, who could blame her? After getting spooked, though, the woman drove off. She claims to have reported the incident to police, who later said they had found no trace of the two men. However, Murray has been unable to unearth any police reports regarding the incident. The case also raised questions of the tourist paradise seedy underbelly of drugs, alcohol, mental illness, and homelessness. All of these factors were considered to possibly have contributed to Theo's demise. But, even more curious is another mysterious disappearance. Erwin Ferriero and his British friend Hugo Palmer, both 20 years old, were reported missing during their holiday of a lifetime in 2019. Police feared they had drowned in Port Macquarie after their belongings were found in the sand on Shelley Beach. In June 2019, two human bones washed up and forensic testing revealed they are most likely Mr. Ferriero's. None of Mr. Palmer's remains have been found. I mean, I honestly wonder if something more is going on here because you've got Erwin and his friend, Hugo. Their bones wash up in June of 2019, and we know their holiday didn't begin until some other time in 2019, so six-month period, when Theo was also there. Which would make Theo the third person to go missing if you consider them. And then you have Thea, who sounds a lot like Theo, go missing in October of 2019. So that's four people, one year one town. I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, I'm no 
detective, but it definitely feels to me like something's up. I don't know what the connection is between them, but I don't think they all could have stumbled up upon something they weren't supposed to see unless they're all just really unlucky. I definitely agree with you there. I don't think that any of this is a coincidence. If they are within the same year, four separate people, same town, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same bar. That goes back to my theory of, I wonder if the bar itself being a tourist bar uh, had something to do with it. These are some of the crazy things you see in movies. And there's always that possibility that it really does happen that way. Yeah, it really points back to the tourist bar, honestly, because three out of the four people were tourists, and the one that was not a tourist lived a very transient lifestyle. And that is the type of victim a lot of, we'll throw it out there for lack of a better term, serial killers like to pick. They like to pick people who are not going to be noticed if they go missing at least for a long period of time, and that was the way that it happened with Thea. Their biggest mistake was with Theo, but, you know, everybody makes mistakes. I just wonder if there really is something going on here and Australian authorities need to try to connect the dots, but I'm not them. The key question remains, though, as to whether Theo was alone or not, and if his phone was lost and died by accident, or if he went to Tallow Beach for a reason, alone, with someone else, or if he came across someone that night. The area he trekked through, even locals wouldn't go through because it had such thick, dangerous bushland. Lisa, Theo's cousin, also doesn't think he would have gotten lost because he was an avid navigator using Google Maps. She said Theo was extremely diligent when it came to keeping his phone charged. And the prospect of him going for an ocean swim late at night all by himself in the freezing cold, because this was actually one of Australia's coldest nights that year, I believe, would have been completely out of his character. Theo's family have said that it is their strong belief, still to this day, that Theo was not alone when he left Cheeky Monkeys, a place known for spiked drinks and seedy behavior. Although the official search has been called off, internet sleuths, locals, and Theo's family and friends have never stopped looking. His father, Laurent, has said that the help from the locals has been amazingly supportive and that he and Theo's mother are still holding out hope. They've said that they will not give up until they see his body. Efforts have gone so far as people searching through Instagram photos to see who may have been in the area he was last seen on that night, and even a podcast was started to give listeners updates and information, which is where I first heard about this case. But, to date, nothing has come to light about what happened to Theo for sure on that cold night in Byron Bay. If you have any tips... You can send them in via www.lookingfortheo.com and use the number four, not the word. Thank you for listening to another episode of Lies and Abba's Lies. <laughs> Baby's Lies. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you all next week. If you want to keep up with the case and see pictures of the people we have talked about, as well as the tracks that Theo took, you can follow us online on Instagram at Lies and Alibis Podcast, on TikTok at Lies and Alibis, and on Twitter at Lies Alibis P-O-D.